So when you're angry, be angry. Just be aware that you're angry and make a choice about whether or not you go and you engage in a discussion with someone when you're angry. That's the choice that you can make. But it doesn't mean that you don't embrace the fact that you're angry. You're angry for a reason. And pushing it down and pretending that everything is okay isn't going to get you to that authentic space within you. Welcome to the Heart Leader Podcast. I'm Amber Mikesell. And I'm Austin Yule. We're here to invite you into a new era of leadership. Join us as we dive deep into stories of powerful transformation, unlocked through self-love, compassion, and insights on healing the body and soul by blending science and spiritual wisdom. Start leading from the heart today. Visit theheartleaderpodcast.com. Hi, and welcome to the Heart Leader Podcast, where heart and mind align. I'm your host, Amber, and I am here to kick off the month of January in this new year, 2023, with Austin, our amazing co-host. And this month, we are talking all about authenticity, because as we kick off a year, we hear so many different things about new year, new you, set those resolutions, take everything that you may have put off last year and make it your focus this year. But sometimes it's really challenging to make that a year-long consistent habit if you don't even know why you're doing it. And you haven't really taken the time to get to know who you are authentically, and what you truly enjoy from the place of knowing yourself. And so Austin and I were talking about this, and even last year, we kicked off a campaign instead called New Year Be You. And so this year, even we learned from last year and said, okay, wait a second, so maybe it's not New Year be you right out of the gate, the first step is new year, know you. Get to know yourself. Get to know who you are. Get to know all of the amazing things about yourself. Then you can be who you are from the place of knowing. And so that's where we're going to start this conversation in this podcast. Because last year we talked about this. You know, I came from multiple industries where the new year, new you, that was such a campaign. And we started like way back in the summer planning for the new year, new you, the whole reinvention. You're going to develop this new layer of yourself to cover up the one potentially that you weren't so happy with. And you're going to create a new resolution so that you can temporarily for like a couple months Pretend that that's not there and focus on working out or a new kind of cosmetic or you name it. And it was just a way to band-aid and give hope, which is a great thing, but it never got to the root. And I watched it year after year in the industries I was in, and it really broke my heart because there wasn't a long-term solution. And so last year, that was one of the things that we really desired to do was understand how you get to the longer term. Like, it's great to start the new year off in stride, 
but how do you do it in a way that's going to give you that long term? And so I want to hear from your standpoint, like what did the new year be you lend to you last year? And why did you feel like, okay, new year, no you might be the kick point for this time instead of be you? Great question. I think um, for me, I want to start first with the new year, new you. The reason why that never really aligned is because it really felt like we were supposed to forget everything and who we were in the past or what we've done. Yet the process of knowing ourselves is recognizing that we are a culmination. And so to me, those are just conflicting ideologies and conflicting approaches. And, and so when we want to be someone new in that, you know, Hey, it's good. There's a lot of benefit to that. I don't want to take away some of the good things out of that. We wonder why we fall back into the old practices. It's, and it's because that, you know, when we pretend that we're no longer who we were, and then we slide back and we're like, Oh, how did that happen? It's like, well, we've always been <laughs> who we are. Yeah. We can't not be the, the past still counts. And so it's an opportunity instead to, to shift into that be you, which I thought was a good, a good movement forward. Um, cause then we're, we're less about projecting who we aren't and really focusing on who we are, but it's really hard to, to be ourselves as you were saying, uh, in an action if we don't know actually who we are. And so I think that's where leading into the new year, know you, and that's not an N O U, like yeah. <laughs> not you at no, all. K N O W. Yeah. The full, like get to know yourself, understand who you are, which, you know, at the beginning of a new year, it, it really does make sense to reflect. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to understand who we are in the first couple of days of the year to allow the whole year to be successful then. You know, we can, if that year is, is all about getting to know yourself, then take the full year to get to know yourself. Because that is, in an essence, a culmination so that the next year you can actually be who you are at a greater capacity than you were the previous year able to. And one thing, I mean, I've learned millions of things in my journey, but one of the millions of things that I've come to understand is that I'm constantly getting to know myself. It isn't as though it is just, okay, I've taken a month and I've really gotten to know Amber. There is such a diversity within myself and it's constantly changing. Every person that I come into contact with adds something to who I am. Every experience I have adds something to who I am. I'm a constantly changing landscape, constantly. And therefore, I'm always getting to know who I am as a result of every one of those interactions, as every one of those exchanges. And I love that because then I get to make the choice. And we were talking on the way here about how much choice plays into understanding who you are. Because when we talked about this in a previous podcast too, choice, the choices I make today 
based on who I am today, knowing who I am, are going to be very different than the choices I make 10 years from now. Because who I am 10 years from now will be different. And that's why if we take the time at the beginning of the year, instead of attempting to reinvent who we are, instead we look at, okay, who am I right now? And what do I enjoy? What do I not enjoy? And that's equally as good, right? Because if I know what I don't enjoy, then that helps me appreciate what I do enjoy all the more. And it helps inform my choices from that point forward. Another conversation, right? Like, do we not do things that we don't enjoy? Do we avoid them? Or do we still do them because you learn something from them? Because there's something you gain from that. And it helps me still know myself. Even the awareness of that is a great place to start to get to know yourself, right? Because most of us, I know I spent much of my life not bringing intention into my choice. It was more I'd make a choice and then deal with whatever occurred, whether that was something that I felt was beneficial or not. But I felt like I felt a disconnect. And I don't feel like I even had the awareness to know that that I could have more intention behind my choice to then in some way I mean, secure, you could say secure the outcome, but I don't want to say it because it's, it's not necessarily controlling what occurs. It's directing how I approach it or how I experience it. Because what occurs, there is no control. But how we deal with it or how we experience it or how we see it, how we perceive it, these are all things that we can direct. And so when we do go into choices with greater intention, It can help us have more confidence, more uh, connection, more purpose behind the choice. And that can help us understand, well, you know, okay, if I am going to do, let's say I want to do a dry, uh, no drinking January, which is very common. A lot of people do that. I used to do that. That was great. And and after, you know, after the month, it felt really good. And, And then, you know, come February, I was ready. All right, let's get back to drinking. And then I back to where it was. Right. And so it was like, well, what was the, did I learn anything? Did I just, was I just feeling good because I wanted to feel good? Was I just saying it because I wanted to say it so that it would spark interesting conversation or was I attempting to make myself look good in front of others? Was I doing it for myself? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't even think about that. It was just action and then reaction. But choice is such a great, great, unique tool to support authenticity. Because through choice, we can then understand who we are. It's a way, if it helps us understand, if we take that term, let's say we come in with intention for reflection on that choice. Okay, I, I desire to not drink this month because... I want to see how my body shifts over the next 30 days. How much better do I feel? Am I sleeping better? Are my moods better? Uh, Am I thinking more clearly? Am I uh, being more productive at work? Am I being more connected in my relationships? You know, what, what what are some of the results that occur to inform me that that choice is actually beneficial and therefore authentic to who I am and help support the greatest version of the grandest vision of who I am. Yes. And we can do that in small little bits every day. Yes. So I love the notion of taking an entire month and making an informed choice 
but we can take that down into bite-sized nuggets too. And that's part of what our tool is developed around this month. It's like a 30-day challenge Mm -hmm. and it's small little things like, hey, just watch the sunset and see what that does for you. Like, what did that invoke in you? Did you have any kind of a response to it? Was it like, meh, and that's okay too. But make the choice to do something that you might not generally do, or even make the choice to be consciously aware of something that you do all the time. But then ask yourself, why do I do this? What is the purpose of this in my life? And is it benefiting me? Or is it just something that I'm doing because it's something that I do? And could I remove that from my life and never miss it and then gain that time back? These are the little things when we start to get to know our habits, our patterns, our cycles, then we can, as you said, we're not controlling our life, but we can direct the flow of our life. And then we don't feel so helpless. And that helps us get into that authentic space. This is my, we talk about power, right? Mm. The true power comes from that within of knowing that I am not just being battered helplessly around in life, nor do I control life. I am in the stream and the flow of life and I get to direct my sails where I want them to go. And it is a beautiful feeling, but again, it has to start from knowing authentically who you are and being authentically who you are. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're bouncing around, yeah. you really are. Yeah, and to some degree it may feel like that in the beginning because if we spend so much of our time not being consciously aware of the choices that we're making to help us understand who we are, then, the moment we start bringing awareness to it, you may recognize, oh, wow, we, we are bouncing around so much. And that's okay. That's, that's part of the process. It's part of learning. It's part of growing. And so it's definitely, I know I struggled with that in the beginning. I was like, wow, I, I feel, it reminded me a lot of, a, of an opportunity for expansion that we have, uh, inherit versus inherited. And that was like, what's, what's inherent in us? Who are we inside? Versus inherited, like, what did we receive from what's around us? Whether that's our family, our culture, our country, our politics, our faith, our, you know, all the, our likes, our dislikes, you know, what are they because a lot of people around us, our friends, our school, you know, there's so many, there's so many externals that are helping us define who we are. Mm-hmm. And if we fall into that without understanding, well, you know, does that align fully with me and it may you know just because your family loves it you you can love it too it doesn't mean it doesn't have to but also you cannot love it too (laughs) you know and it's just just as valid and and it doesn't have to make you feel like an outcast or an outsider just because you don't you don't connect in that same way there might be a different thing that you know i i know i caught myself in that process of Okay, if I if I no longer, you know, I thought I liked this because everyone else liked it and then I realized I didn't, then I felt like, okay, well, I need to find something else to fill that void. And then I was just going out, outside of myself again in a different way, not doing the same thing. And so it was really important to recognize that it has to come from within. The only thing that can not only fulfill that, but 
expand it is something that I need to understand from the inside to the out versus the outside to the in. Yes. And I think that brings up a really good point as well. As we're connecting with who we are authentically, that doesn't mean that we have to go around and morph everyone else around us Mm. into who we are authentically, right? Because that does seem to be a pattern that even in coaching and in my family and in just the world in general, I've I've seen at times, it's like, this is my experience of the world. Therefore, it must be your experience of the world as well. And the beauty of this world is that none of us experience it the same way. (laughs) There is, even if you and I share the same core belief system, that doesn't mean that you experience your belief system that mirrors my belief system the same way it is still going to be a different experience of the same thing. So for us to take this time to discover who we are and to be ourselves authentically in that space, that does not suddenly give us a license then to go out and start saying, this is the right way, so now it is time for you to conform to this way. It just means that that is a solid path for you. And you are in alignment with your authentic purpose and voice and self. And you speak from that. And I'll use veganism from my standpoint as a means for that. Because I've been a vegan for a long time now. And anytime we go somewhere where our friends or our family are not vegan, the first thing they do is like get really scared. Because one, how do I feed you? That's not the way that I know how to cook. That's not the way that I know how to feed someone. And even though veganism has become much more mainstream than it was when I started way back, it still, it brings up fear and anxiety in someone who that is not part of their life. And this happens and then they'll start to open up to us when they find out that we don't care, you know, make a salad. It's, it's not a big deal. Give us an apple. It's okay. I don't anticipate that you don't eat meat. We know that and it's okay. Everyone should eat what their body feels called to eat. This is just what our bodies feel called to eat. There is no judgment. There is There's no lack of love for whatever it is that your system is flowing in. Be where you are and be who you are and be authentic to that. But so many of those who are plant-based or vegan, their beliefs are so strong and I honor this too and I love you all for it. But when your belief is so strong, that you are doing the very thing that you ask someone else not to do, which is being cruel, then have you gone to the other side? When you are making other people fear and your whole goal is to stop fear, have you gone from being authentic in your message to becoming the very thing that you don't desire to be? That's powerful. Kind of begs the question to say, if we are approaching anything from fear, are we truly authentic in it? Because does authenticity invoke fear? I would offer no. 
I feel authenticity is, is, is an expression of love. Fear can't exist without love, but love can absolutely exist without fear. And so if we are our authentic selves and we are invoking fear in someone else, you know, we need, might need to, if we, I guess, let me rephrase that. If we think we are our authentic selves and we are invoking fear in someone else in some way, then it may be a really good opportunity to put that mirror up and say, okay, is that really, am I really authentic then? If I need to approach it in this way or provo- invoke fear in some way. Yeah, I think that's a really, that's really good. That's something that I would like to focus on myself coming into this this year and just reflect, you know, am I, are there any things that I am doing in my life that unintentionally are invoking that fear in, in the way that I approach it? So I appreciate that. And ultimately it might not be you singularly. Mm-hmm. It might be like, I don't know very many individuals who are part of our group who would go and judge another person for the way that they eat. I do know some, we do know some, but as a collective whole, have we done that? And I think that that's a lot of us too. Like, yes, we can get to know who we are individually. And the whole focus is authentically getting to know who you are as an individual. But then the next step to that is who are we authentically as a human collective? And I do want to put that out there because if If we found out we are not alone in this universe, and that is my strong belief, Mm -hmm. we are not alone in this universe. What kind of neighbor are we? Mm -hmm. What, who are we if we were to look at the universe as a whole? And are we authentically who we would want to be as a representation out into our universal brothers and sisters? Mm -hmm. Mm. And so as we keep going up and outside of ourselves, yes, right now I can ask, am I being my authentic self? Am I being the reflection out into the world that I know I am? Mm -hmm. And if I don't know who I am, then I can't answer that question. But the moment I know who I am, then I can be that and I can embody that. But then I have to ask, within my own family, are we being an authentic representation of who we are as a family? And the only way you can do that is the same way you got to know yourself, right? The same principles apply. You take it out and you start to ask each other. You get to know each other. Not just the daily routines, but you talk and you get to know each other the same way you got to know yourself. And then we have to take it to that next layer and we have to get to know our communities. And I know after all we've been through and we were shut in so much that we haven't really maybe had the time to fully re-engage in our communities the way that we once did potentially. So how do we do that? Well, it's the same. We're not creating complexity complexity creates those layers that pull us away from each other instead it should be this simple let's just have experiences together see what resonates see what doesn't and then if something does feel in alignment let's ask okay why what does that show us about ourselves what are we learning about our each other and what am i learning about myself as a result of this interaction mm-hmm. 
But then when we get up onto the planetary level and we start looking, I got to say, you know, we're putting stuff out into space. We're doing all of these things. We don't even know what our footprint out into space is. So are we the neighbors who are just chucking our junk into someone else's backyard and playing really loud music? And we're the annoying neighbors? Or could we do better? As we get to know ourselves, I think these are the questions we got to ask. Beautiful questions. I know one of the things that I kind of, that always hit me hard was that idea of like, when you know yourself, you're that person, even when no one's looking. And so when we do think about ourselves on a universal level, even though I may believe that we're not alone, I can't force anyone else to think that. And so it's also an opportunity for me to say, well, even if we aren't, are we the best that we can be regardless of that? Yeah. You know, is that who, is that how we want to show up in that same way? And I feel like that's an important question, regardless of belief, regardless of, you know, on a universal level, on a individual level. I mean, it all, it's all relative, right? If no one's watching, are we being that best version of ourselves or, or are we being someone completely different? And if we are, okay, that's fine. You know, now that you have that awareness, what can you do next? I know I, I definitely wasn't. I, I've been there. It's, it's kind of a, a, a slap in the face for sure in a recognition like, hey, I had so many things to so many different people and it's an opportunity to look within and say, okay, well, you know, when I'm by myself, am I, am I any of that? And then just really understand, okay, well, some level, I am the one constant in each one of those. So there's got to be some level of authenticity that's in each of it. So what is actually in alignment with who I am and the actions I take and then start practicing it. I started practicing when no one was around and that was, that was a great test to understand. Yeah. And so once that becomes the great thing is about authenticity is, you know, once, once you really understand who you are, you don't have to pretend it doesn't take a, an effort or a production. You can just be. And as you're saying, it, it, when we aren't ourselves, it adds that layer of complexity. But when we are ourselves, it provides life in the simplest yet most fulfilling form. So another question that comes up, because you're right, once you are who you are, then you just are that. And you had talked once before about something we had heard from a dear friend about a flower like mm. a flower just is what it is it doesn't have to find its purpose doesn't have to question it just is and that is the only reason we as people are in a position where we have to question is because we've been told so often what to be that things have gotten a little sideways for us so then we do have to begin to ask but then what that invokes is the moment you settle into being who you are and you return to being that flower, if you will, those external forces start coming back at you again. Like, what do you mean? What do you, huh? No, Austin, you used to be the one who would go out and party with us. I don't understand. Why are you not doing that? This can't be the authentic you. You used to be this to me and this to me and this to me. I. How? No. 
So what do you do in those situations where as you're getting to know your authentic self and you're starting to weed out the things that you're doing that are not in alignment for you? What do you do when others start to go, whoa, wait a second, I don't know what to do with this because this, you're, you're not what you had thought you were all along. You're becoming something different. And the truth is you're not becoming something different. You're just allowing yourself to bloom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that saying of how does a flower find its scent? It doesn't, it just is, is very impactful. And it's a good reminder. It's one, it's it's almost a great mantra, if you will, to, to reinstate, restate every time, because it is difficult when you go through those things and people are saying, well, I don't even know you anymore, or you're not the same person or, you know, these kind of things. And yeah, it's definitely, it is tough. And the reality is, is, you know, someone said, I I don't know you anymore. And it was just like, well, then we're in the same boat because I didn't know myself. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, that's, that's, that was not an easy thing to say out loud. And that was not an easy thing to, to present in some way, but I had to be honest and I didn't have all the answers. I didn't have the results. I didn't have the actions. I knew I could start making different changes. I didn't know if certain things were going to align or not. I had to test it out and see. We have to be willing to test and understand. But the one constant is that we don't know who we are. Just be truthful in it. And, you know, not in a way, my goal was never to say, oh, I'm doing, it's not to like be an excuse to hurt someone say, oh, I just don't know who I am. It's like, okay, no, that's, that's no longer authentic either. Our, our journey is authentic when we are not hurting others in that. Then we're, we're, I, to me, I feel like then we're not, we're not being our authentic selves by forcing that on someone else in some way. But I can make choices that are different than who I was that still can be loving and honoring to myself and others. You know, if someone doesn't like it, that's okay. But if I can genuinely say, I, you know, it's probably a long, it's a, it's a long and I don't want to get too technical with it. But um, yeah, it's, it, it is important to, to understand. I knew that for me, for example, like being vegan, like I knew that I wasn't hurting anyone else. And so when I made that choice and it aligned with me, then great. Now, if someone else doesn't like that, it's not like I'm forcing them to be vegan too. I'm not yelling at them or telling them anything else. It's just, hey, that's where I'm at. If you want to learn more, great. If you don't, that's fine too. You know, it's not my, your journey is not mine and mine's not yours. You know, if my goal is to be more loving, then taking more time to listen or hear or understand others, you know, that's not hurting someone else. That's kind of the opposite, right? And so if I was forcing or going out of my way to, to kind of prove it, then that might cross that line a little bit. And so it's, it's, a, it's an interesting balance and one that you just have to be willing to, you know, you may make a mistake and you may do that. And, you know, that's, that's where we have to forgive ourselves and be honest with those around us. And hopefully they forgive us too and we can move forward. But it's not going to be a perfect process for sure. And for me, this gets into what I talk to so many of my clients about, which is being authentic with your feelings mm. as well and your emotions. Yeah. Because too often, 
we feel like we need to hide away emotions or push them down. And even emotions that we might not necessarily enjoy are information. They're informing us. They're teaching us about ourselves. So when you're angry, be angry. Just be aware that you're angry. And make a choice about whether or not you go and you engage in a discussion with someone when you're angry. That's the choice that you can make. But it doesn't mean that you don't embrace the fact that you're angry. You're angry for a reason. And pushing it down and pretending that everything is okay isn't going to get you to that authentic space within you. All it's going to do is eventually build up and build up and build up. And it's either going to make you sick because you continue to suppress it, or you're going to blow up at someone who didn't actually do anything to you, or you're going to blow up at the person you actually are angry at and likely say things that you don't intend because it's way too built up. So if we take the time to be authentic in how we're feeling and in our emotions, then we have an opportunity to gain the insight that they're showing us and make choices about how we're going to respond to them. That's so important. I really appreciate you. That was very eloquent, Um, far more eloquent than what I was bringing forward. So I really appreciate you, love. Um, Yeah, uh, that's perfect. It's a great example. you know, instead of instead of yelling at someone else, if you are feeling anger, go yell into a pillow. You're not going to hurt the pillow's feeling. You know, and that's that's kind of the that's kind of the difference of of for example of what I'm saying when you're you know when you're seeking to feel your authentic self but not hurt someone else, then that's that's being aware uh, of of the action. So if you do need to yell, yell into that pillow, get it all out reflect and then go talk to someone or, you know, and that, that, that way you're not lashing out or hurting someone else in the experience, but you're still allowing yourself to feel what you feel. And it's also, you know, what we were talking about before in multiple podcasts of like, if it is, it's, I'm feeling anger. I'm not, I am angry. Yeah. Right. And it's because these things are fleeting. And I feel like one of the things I really wanted to kind of talk to you about today was about this greater maybe misunderstanding of this coexistence versus duality. And I feel like that plays a huge, huge part in authenticity. We look at authenticity almost like I think as a society, as a result, and that you have to maintain that result. And then when you do something quote unquote different, then you're no longer, you're viewed as like, oh, well, you're not yourself. Yeah, you're not being your authentic self. And it's like, well, I'm always going to change. The universe is always changing. We're always growing, always expanding, and so can we. So, so are we. Whether we're aware of it or not, that's two different things. And so if we're authentically ourselves, that's, we made shift. And that's okay to shift. It's okay to make different choices. And it doesn't have to be the same. We don't have to be in this little box that's, hey, this is, this is who I am, and this is the only that I am, and I'm just here. And so... I feel like that's where maybe some of the disconnect and the trouble that people under, or struggle with in terms of navigating how to be authentic is they're like, well, they're approaching it from this place of duality. It's either or versus coexistence, which is an and. You know, I can be who I've been and I can also be who I desire to be and they can coexist and I can make choices to kind of bridge that gap. And 
we've had this discussion a lot recently around coexistence with dark and light or good mm. and bad and that we put these like light and good and all of that on this pedestal of this is what we're striving toward and bad and dark and sad and all of that is like down here and it's bad but neither are really true both are a necessity and both are coexisting constantly it is a matter of we have this gift of conscious awareness and the ability to consciously expand and through that we need both we need the ability to have the dark so that we have rest think about it like okay at night we need to go into a rest period we need the comfort of the dark the downtime we also need the light some need more light than they need darkness but we need a little bit of dark even those who need light need the contrast but they exist simultaneously right when it's light on one side of our planet it's dark on the other side they are coexisting simultaneously right good and bad we all have what some would call good in us and what some would call bad in us but what i consider good someone else might consider bad it's a perspective it's a perspective within each of us of what is good and what is bad so they both coexist simultaneously it's when we put everything in these boxes that we begin to limit our authentic self that we begin to say oh i can't have that experience because it's what others would label as dark or bad therefore i can't have that experience to know whether it's authentically a part of me or not now we're not saying go out and murder someone that doesn't align with anything in the natural laws so we have to understand what is a natural law versus what are we and even a human law versus what is it that our soul is being drawn toward is it that our soul is being drawn toward being up in the middle of the night and we dance in the moonlight and that seems more fitting for us versus being up in the sunlight it's well said i mean i feel like that's a great perspective to bring forward that that we are when we're exploring authenticity, we have to realize that who we are and who we aren't are coexisting. And that will probably happen for the entire rest of our lives until we transition from here. Because there's, there's not a finality of result when it comes to authenticity up until our last breath. We can have a good idea and we can get to a point where we've really honed it down to a very, very strong understanding. But in an infinite experience, it's not going to be fully understood in one lifetime. That's too small. It's too little of time when there's infinite time. 
Yeah. And so, I mean, that's, and I want to kind of bring this forward because it's, it's one of the things I really like about golf and golf isn't, it's a game that so many play and no one has ever beat. And so it provides that opportunity to continue to get better. And there's no end result. No one's, no one has ever beat golf. It's just never happened. And so that's kind of where, if we can approach that same understanding into life, into authenticity, that life is that opportunity of game that we can experience and understand who we are. We may have an off shot, you know, a good shot or a bad shot. And we may have a direction. We may, you know, when we play better golf, it's when we have a really good understanding of the course and we have intention behind each shot. Well, yeah, we're going to play better golf. It's kind of like life. When we have more intention behind our choices, we can, we can experience things at a greater capacity. And so that's, that to me is such a great understanding. Like I am as a golfer, I am coexisting as the best and the worst golfer I've ever been. Because I still, to this day, and even the best players in the world still have shots that you're just like, whoa, uh, you know, a beginner just did that. I watched a beginner do that, you know, and then, and they're one of the most successful golfers ever, you know, and we've seen that. And so that's kind of where life is. We have to allow, allow for that. We have to allow that we aren't going to always be ourselves, but that helps us understand who we are. And I will say your worst shot is still my best possible <laughs> hope for a shot. So again, coexistence. <laughs> yeah, no. But that again is knowing authentically who I am, right? I am an amazing comic relief on a golf course. I know this and I'm okay with it. But I love being on the course with you. And that's the best part of it. So it's know who you are and be confident in that and there is something magical that happens when like this confidence just begins to build when you are in that authentic space of knowing who you are and confidence is pretty pretty awesome you go out there and you don't have all of that self-doubt that builds up in you. And that questioning, it doesn't mean it never happens. Of course. I mean, it's a human trait. We all get a little bit of self-doubt. But the self-doubt begins to go to the background. And eventually it pops up like maybe once a month instead of 50 times a day. Because you know your lane you know that you're self-exploring constantly, and you know that you have so many different facets that you bring to the table that, of course, like I went to karaoke with my son the other night. I know singing is not my thing. It's okay. It's not my lane. But I didn't walk up there acting like I was going to blow them out of the water like Josh Groban, right? I just knew that wasn't in me. But the one song that I sang with him, I owned because I knew just like on the golf course, I could be the comic relief up there. I was going to be the comic relief. I was at least going to give him a show. And so when you have the confidence to know what you're good at, then you don't worry about the rest. And it was fine where if you would have had me do that maybe 20 years ago, there would have been a nervous girl 
out there like, what is everyone going to think? Are they going to boo me? Are they going to think it's awful? No, instead, I everyone was cheering because they saw that I knew I sucked and it was okay. <laughs> and you were having fun. And that's <laughs> really what people fun. want to experience is the experience of fun. Not really fun to experience fear. Yeah. And I feel like that's, and that's a great, I feel like you're bringing up a great point about self-doubt. We all have self-doubt. We're always going to have self-doubt to some degree. And it's just the intention behind it. Is the self-doubt coming from fear? Well, if it is, that's not going to help you. That's just going to keep putting you down consistently. And it's really hard to rise up from that. But if you're having self-doubt from a place of love, from a place of personal growth and expansion and purpose and intention, then that self-doubt can help you continue to get better and continue to grow and continue to pull the very best out of you. And I feel like that's such an important thing. Those who I've noticed achieve the most are those who question themselves the most, not from a place of what, what am I doing, like um, out of fear, but, you know, what am I doing? Intention. You know, is this, is this in alignment with who I am? Is this where I desire to be? If I look into the future and, and this is the life that I have, will that get me there? And so that's, that's where these bringing intention and purpose can, behind the choices, is that incredible tool to experience your most authentic self. And so when I look at my patterns of the past, which is key for me, like I don't live in the past. I look at patterns of the past and I understand how do they, how do those cycles impact or influence my current cycles in this present moment? Are there cycles and patterns from the past that are still impacting me in a way that I no longer desire in the present moment? Are there cycles and patterns from the past that have carried me into this present moment and continue to serve me in this present moment. And so I desire to hold on to them or amplify them even. Mm. Because living in the past isn't going to do anything except trap me there. So I don't want to do that. But I definitely desire to understand what served me and what didn't serve me, right? Resolutions never served me. They always, anytime the first of the year came and I set New Year's resolutions, and if they serve people and they really work for them, then I would say, hold on to them. Keep doing it. They are a pattern that really fit for you and really energize you and are like, yes, let's do this. Then do it. Hold on to that for yourself. For me, what I found was I would set them in January and by mid-February or March, my dedication to them had shifted. And then People would say, how are your New Year's resolutions going? And then I would feel almost like I had failed them mm. by not fulfilling them. Because ultimately, I didn't make them for myself anyway. Mm. I made them for the reasons that you mentioned, which is so I had something to talk about because other people were doing them, all of these different reasons, and for the reasons I talked about. Because I didn't really want to look at the the uncomfortable stuff. Right. I didn't want to get to know what didn't feel good inside of me because it isn't just watching sunsets or getting to know those parts of things that I enjoy. I also had to ask myself, all right, what is creating this heartache with me within me? 
why do I feel like there is a hole in my heart sometimes, even when I have this beautiful life? I had to really seek to understand parts of myself. And it's not always fun to go into the uncomfortable parts. Mm. But if I were truly going to get to know myself, I had to be willing to go into the uncomfortable and sit in that and get to know it so that I could make it comfortable Mm -hmm. so that I could know, all right, I get this now. I can expand into this and know that I can do something about it now that I understand it. And so a resolution wasn't going to do that for me. All a resolution did was give me something else to focus on so that I didn't have to get into that uncomfortable space. And so finally I was like, yeah, no more. Yeah, I can work out whenever I feel like working out. I can find a healthy eating pattern whenever I feel like finding a healthy eating pattern. But all of that is systemically coming from the fact that there is something that I'm not aligned with inside of me. And once I feel aligned within me, then I'll feel like working out all the time. I'll feel like eating healthier all the time. Let's align this first. Well said. That's super powerful. I feel like resolution is a really interesting word as well because it's focused, it's result oriented. And when we look at achievements, it's all about habit, which is a continuation. So those are conflicting ideologies again. Mm -hmm. And so if our goal, if authenticity is not a result, then no wonder resolutions don't work because they're a result, those are conflicting. So if, if authenticity is a continuous experience, then we really need to focus on habit because that is our continuous experience. And character traits. Yes, definitely. And habit can help us understand character traits and character traits can help us determine our habits. And so that's a beautiful cycle that we can experience. And so I feel, I feel like you're bringing up a great point. Let's, let's just let go of the idea of a resolution because that's not gonna get us anywhere. Results are finite and in an infinite universe, infinite experience, infinite understanding. Why do I want to limit myself? And that's not to take away from having goals. Those are different things. Goals to me are like a resolution is, is a result, a finite result, where a goal is to me is more of like steps along the way. And so that's where I feel like uh, having a, a goal or a recognition of habits or new habits, uh, more aligned habits, you know, these kind of things might be a better way to help us achieve what we desire and experience our most authentic self in that way. So when it comes to getting to know who you are at the deepest levels of yourself, do you feel like you have to dive right into the deep end? Or are there steps that you can take? Like I was just talking about how I knew that there was a hole in my heart and I needed to figure that out. Like I understand that might not be the first place everyone wants to go. Let's dive right into that deep end. But that's my take on it. What do you feel? Are there interim points to getting to know yourself? Do you dive right into the deep end? What do you feel is the trajectory on this getting to know yourself? I would say it's a continuation of our discussion of the, it's not duality. It's not, there's only the way. It's, there's a way. 
and we're all different. We're all, how we approach things is completely different. So I, I don't feel like it makes sense to subscribe to one approach to authenticity. That's then an we're authentic not, answer. Yeah. I mean, then we're not <laughs> being authentic. Then we're being, it's, it's that, that's conformity to a degree, right? If we really break it down, there's a benefit in learning from others. And I, I, you know, that kind of goes into that difference between unity and uniformity are two different things, right? Yes. Um, uniformity is we're all in one thing. Unity is an understanding has a greater whole. And so can we, can we learn from each other's authenticity? Absolutely. That's probably the best, the best approach. If we admire people around us, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, that's how we get inspired. That's how we get motivated. We see what other people maybe like, wow, you know, George, you know, he seems to really love life and feels, seems to be really passionate. I'd like, like, how does, how does George do that? I'd like to have that. You know, that's cool. Great. Then learn from George. Understand. Look at what what happens is George taking. Does he get, you know, a really upset when something happens, or does he just let it kind of slide? Is he does he take things personal, or does he seek to understand? Yeah. Does he fight people, or does he just kind of, you know, sit and reflect and understand? I don't. I don't know. You know. Takes you can take some of the best things from people and the habits because habits aren't what make people. People are what breathe into habits, and so you're not pulling from someone else, but you can really understand. Like you're not taking on their selves, you know, because you're never going to be them. It's just not going to happen. But you can take the great habits that help them and say yes. Like I, I know that's what I did with you. I mean, when I saw how much you give and breathe love into everything that you do. I was like, I, I deeply desire that. That's something that I see you in how you approach life from this loving space of, you know, how can I be more loving in this moment? That's a great, fantastic question that helped me shape the habits to get there. Now, I'm experiencing it in a different way than you are, but I'm experiencing it in my authentic way, as are you. And then we can share in that. And that can create a bond and a connection and grow what we have together. And then the benefit of that is then, then there's more love. And so that's, that's the beauty and that's the unity in that experience versus the uniformity of this is the way. A prescribed march to this beat yeah. kind of thing. Exactly. So, yeah. and. We also have to understand that speaking our authentic perspective, even if we're not telling others, you have to be this way. If we are speaking our authentic voice, it may not align with everyone. And that's okay. But that doesn't make our authentic voice wrong. It just means that not everyone is going to align with what we align with. And that's the beauty if we really look at it. Like we don't have to fight each other just because we don't agree with each other. We can just say, all right, I see that that can be a view. It's not what I align with or resonate with, but that doesn't mean that your authentic perspective is wrong. It just means that it's different than the one that I hold. So thank you for sharing it. And I honor the space that you're in. And it can be that simple. It can truly be that simple. We spend more energy fighting about, no, my authentic voice is the authentic voice, or 
feeling bad when someone else does that to us. Speaking up and then someone goes, well, I just want you to know that you're wrong. Okay, so why do I need to engage in that? From your perspective, I'm wrong. Okay, then I honor your perspective that I'm wrong. Doesn't mean that I'm wrong. It means that you feel that I'm wrong. And as we just talked about, both can coexist simultaneously. And that's what we need to remind ourselves of. Just because you feel I'm wrong doesn't make me wrong. Yeah. Right? Strong. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, we aren't our ideas. We aren't even, as I was saying, we aren't even our habits. Their habits and these things are, are ways for us to experience who we are. They aren't who we are. I mean, we're constantly experiencing who we are. Even when we fully, let's say we're someone who really has taken, uh, dedicated a lot of time and understanding on who we are. And we can say, yes, like I, I truly feel from the very bottom of my soul and the deepest part of my heart that when I express myself, I'm coming from the most authentic version of who I am. It's still not going to be 100% and it's still not going to be the habits or the actions I'm taking because everything that we do is information to help us continue to grow. So one minute later, we're going to be slightly different and another second later, we're going to be slightly different. And that's, that's the beauty of it. That's the ever expansion in the opportunity that we have. And to me, that's back into us exploring our divine creative selves within that we can create who we are. You know, if we like who, if we like a moment or like an experience, then we can create that again. But each time it is still an experience and we are opting to show ourselves who we are in every now moment. I love that. And in those moments where there is potentially conflict, if someone says you're wrong and you're speaking your authentic voice, that means that you can choose to create the circumstance or the situation that you desire out of it. Do you engage in that and create more conflict? Or do you step back and say, okay, I honor that point of view. Thank you. And choose to disengage. Because that is standing in authenticity. It's because you're connecting with that creative nature that you have, which is authentic in all of us, and you're choosing the experience that you desire to create. Engage or disengage. That is a choice and we can all make it. Yeah, and if you do engage, it doesn't have to be con con in, in a conflict. It can be from a place of understanding. You know, okay, I'm glad you said you think I'm wrong. Can you share? Can you help me grow and understand what it is that you are seeing that I, I, I may not be? And that's beautiful. And if you still, dis if there's still a disagreement after that other individual has shared or other individuals have shared, okay, that's fine too. That may just help you be, have a stronger conviction in your belief and your understanding. And that doesn't, even if you are open and you receive what they're saying and you can maybe see their perspective, but you still hold yours, that's just life. <laughs> That's, what a great opportunity yeah. to be authentically you. Yes. Yes. Again, it is a setup to have self-confidence, to eliminate self-doubt, and to be willing to say, I can hold my own voice even when others are holding theirs. 
And that really is where we can get to. Because there's not a star in the sky that fights about who's shining the brightest. <laughs> so why do we feel like we have to here? Yeah. Right? Well said. We can that. all shine and have our own points of view, our own perspectives, and just be grateful that we're shining together. I believe we are out of time. Mm. So thank you for being here and being your authentic self because I get to love it all the time. <laughs> oh, thank you, my love. Well, thank you for holding space and allowing me to continue my journey of authenticity. And I only seek to do the same for you. And I know we as a community seek to do that for everyone. That's, that's our goal. That's part of what Suivera is all about. When we say our mission is to reawaken the heart of humanity, well, authenticity is a key part of our heart. And so when we can have a space and hold that space for people to explore and understand who they are, whether we have our tools, our resources, like our journal this month, or if it's just discussion, or if it's listening, or if it's sharing comments, any of it, all of it helps and helps us grow in that love and that connection. And we do have a community that you can join on Facebook called Sweet Vera Life, where we are holding weekly get-togethers and chatting with one another so we can get to know our community members. So hop on over to Sweet Vera Life if you would like to check that out. We also have that free tool Austin was talking about. You can find that posted in the link below. If you are listening to this and you're not on our website, then you can hop on over to suivera.org and you can find it on there. It is all around discovering your authentic self. So getting to know you, there is a 30-day challenge and we will be focusing on that 30-day challenge in Suivera Life. So you can join the community and we will help each other through that 30-day challenge. Until next time, I am your host, Amber, and I'm here with co-host Austin, and we cannot wait to see you in the Suivera community. Thank you for listening to the Heart Leader Podcast. Are you ready to start leading from the heart? Visit theheartleaderpodcast.com to take our quiz and get your personalized roadmap for a happier and healthier life. Remember to follow the podcast so you never miss a new episode and be sure to recommend it to your friends who might enjoy it with you. See you next week.